back to the line to mastery. We have had a seven-week break from the podcast. It's been pretty wild. What has happened in my life over the course of the past seven weeks? Um, I had the time to focus on some deep family work, have the opportunity to travel out to Virginia for a week, explore D.C. for a little bit, heal in the woods. I've been working on my business, and I just got back from an incredible fit-for-service trip and summit in Costa Rica. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to your consciousness on this podcast. I drop in with my brother, Justin Wagers. He just finished up his film, Lines Between Us, and... At the time of recording this podcast, we had just finished watching the film. I got to be one of the first people to see it, and it is inspirational and incredible. I'm so excited for y'all to see it. In this episode, we drop in about the film, his evolution as a filmmaker, the importance of telling stories and how they are windows into history, as well as the philosophies received from the slack line amongst many other topics as well. This podcast is a really good one, and I think it's the perfect insight before watching the film. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Firefly Cacao. Firefly Cacao has the highest quality of ceremonial-grade cacao with sustainable and loving energetics between the cacao sourcing and the farming. So, if you don't know already, cacao is a superfood with the highest naturally occurring source of magnesium. And for those of you that aren't aware as to what magnesium does for us, magnesium is a a vital mineral for brain function with regards to memory and concentration, and it is also beneficial for the heart and cardiovascular system. Drinking cacao promotes blood flow and relaxes the blood vessels within the heart. And frequent cacao consumption has many therapeutic health benefits, including the creation of new neural pathways in the brain that create more joy, love, and connection due to all of the neurotransmitters that cacao has. I've been working with cacao for years, and this is easily the best cacao that I have worked with, consumed, and sat with. Out of all the blends that they have, I would say the Vibrant Vitality and the Tantric Rose Blossoms are my favorite. You can use the code SLATCAM for 10% off at checkout. And without further ado, here is the conversation with Justin and myself. Lines between us. Yo, what's up, Justin? Hey. <laughs> man, it's good to be back on the mic with you. Yeah, man, it's good to be here. Sitting here in my living room with you. Right here. Sitting right across from each other. Last time we did this was like six months ago in September. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, man. How time flies. Yeah, and just so much has changed since then. I know. I I remember talking about like the state of freestyling back then. And like, man, if I had known the tricks that would exist now. Yeah, we had no idea at the time. I mean, like the Orbital hadn't even come out yet. I don't think so. There's no Darth Vader. I think the Orbital came out like that weekend we recorded the podcast. Mm. I don't know. I thought Paradigm Shift came out in like October. Anyway, timeline yeah, is Yeah, it doesn't is matter. <laughs> yeah. um, so, man... You want to give the people a little context yeah. to what we're just coming off? Well, first off, holy shit, congratulations um, on the film, Lines Between Us. Thanks, um, man. Dude, yeah. Second film, first one, Lines Without Limits, was phenomenal. And, like, you just gave me the opportunity to not only eat dinner and pasta with you, um, but to also see the film um, and... Yeah, yeah, dude, it, phenomenal, man. The cin- cinematography is next level. Can definitely see where you evolved there. Across the first film, going into the second yeah. one, definitely leveled up there. And just like the way you're able to tell the stories of the athletes a little bit more, just a beautiful evolution. So thank you, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was fun to watch with you. You're you're probably like the first viewer, I guess. 
as a as like a real audience member i've had a few other people watch the film just to get some critiques but you're the first one who uh you know it was just kind of coming in cold so (laughs) hopefully you liked it Uh, yeah no it was it was incredible man and i remember a few months ago when you first moved to austin and you were showing me just like bits and pieces of the film and the edits that you had put together and yeah even those edits have come a long way in the in the past few months thanks man yeah it's been fun to play with a little bit of filmmaking obviously the most of my effort has been focused on this one film lines between us but i've been toying around with some editing here and there for people who don't know i'm in grad school so that's sucking up a lot of my time these days but do what you can and uh yeah in in order of my life's priorities lines between us is close to number one yeah it seems like with everything going on in your life, you're able to prioritize things really well and figure out systems and like time blocks in which you can allocate time to go and freestyle highline time that you can work on the film time that you're like actually dedicated to being in school and like finishing your degree. Yeah, it works out. Uh, sometimes I get stressed, obviously, just like everyone does. But I try to tell myself that grad school ends at 8 p.m. So after 8 p.m., I have the rest of the night to work on my filmmaking stuff. Yeah. So I can usually edit for at least three or four hours before I have to sleep and, yeah. and then go wake up the next day and do it all again. Dude. Freestyle on the weekends. Yeah. And it seems like that's just the dedication to the craft, right? Like if you don't have what would seem like a normal schedule to be able to do that thing. Like if you have the passion for it, it doesn't matter what time you choose to do it. What is important is that you show up and you do it because that's what you feel called to do. For real. Yeah. I mean, like what is it like 9 PM when we're recording a podcast? (laughs) Well, we had to eat dinner and watch the movie first. Yeah. Yeah, But I mean, like what I'm getting at is, is the time that you end up dropping into something. If like, it's important to you, but you don't feel creative until like fucking 3 a.m. Like, then that's just how it works out for you. Yeah, man. I, I definitely see myself as like an evening productivity guy. I think the uh, the one night, like, for example, the, the night I edited the big line segment in Lines Between Us, I sat down with all the footage and I had already cut up pre like cut up the footage into little chunks of things that I knew were going to be usable. But then... I think I just sat down for like a five or six hour chunk and edited it all at one time. Um, because when you get in the flow, you got to stay in the flow. And, for sure. And um, yeah, but I'm really happy with that segment and how it turned out. And yeah. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I you, feel yeah. like you really captured the energy of the, a lot of the athletes that were out there for that segment. Um, Thanks. Even while being reserved because Kafir is creating a film that's going to tell more of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So we went out there, me, Kafir, and Max Ross were the filmmakers on the project for the American record. And we went out there with the objective of making this specific 1K film. And uh, four athletes ended up sending the 1K and... Um, we got a lot of beautiful footage between the three of us. And and so I sat down with Kafir and Max and said, hey, you know, can we make this bit a part of Lines Between Us? And they were totally down. And so what we're going to end up doing is having a, a bit about the 1K segment in Lines Between Us. And there's also going to be a 1K specific film that comes out uh, a little bit after that Kara and Kafir are working on right now smiley videography yeah so um i had the privilege of telling a little bit of that 1k story and the big line segment in my film really follows a couple main characters those being caleb beavers and kieran blood and then there's a little bit of anna lincoln and ryan shoot sprinkled in there (laughs) so it's a really fun segment and caleb is just an animal and uh the way he approaches highlining is really cool. So I was really glad to be able to tell that story, but definitely leaving some of the story to be told for Smiley. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of the story to be told. 
Mm-hmm. There's um, just so much goes into one of those big projects. You know, big the time. send is obviously what everyone cares about. You know, who sent it and four people sent it, right? It was Caleb, Kyo, Kevin, and Kieran, all the K's. <laughs> I guess Caleb's a C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's also so much that goes behind it. You know, 15, 20 people were there rigging a 1K. And and um, there's this whole another story of different worlds coming together. You know, the Cali crew and the Colorado crew coming together. The New Mexico crew and how the social dynamic works of making a big line happen is is a really important story to tell just beyond the send. And, and I dip my toes in it a little bit. Um, in the film but but some of it just needs a, a longer time to to be able to tell it properly so yeah. smiley's gonna do a great job i'm sure yeah and i don't know if this aspect of the story is going to be told within the film but something that was really prevalent was the short time window that was available with good weather totally because like wind was something that was so prevalent and like having that um potentially like destroy the line like all this money invested in gear yeah like it's it's a really real threat and then as well as like people being on the line it's just something that you don't want to create and i remember going out initially to moab back in september or yeah the end of september or no it was the end of october my apologies and that was an intention was to like be a part of that project and then they had to move it back another few weeks because the weather wasn't good yeah yeah i remember there being a couple of roadblocks and a couple of pushbacks for the actual 1k being rigged and then it, when it was actually put up i think there were there was definitely left less than 48 hours of of walking yeah time and you know a big piece of that is dark so. i think it was something like 36 <laughs> yeah yeah something like that it was so like it's, up one day down the next right yeah pretty much yeah it's crazy and there's a lottery to figure out who was going to walk first and it was all all kind of stressful um, but everyone who ended up helping with the rig walked it in the end, which is great. But it's high stress. I mean, try to put yourself in Caleb's shoes. You've been working your whole life, maybe not your whole life, but like much of your adulthood towards sending this line and you only have one attempt per year <laughs> to do it. Like to for him to be able to send that line with that pressure on is pretty mind blowing to me. And it was pretty powerful to film. I was there at the far anchor when he sent the 1K and sat down. And I was holding this camera, like, trying not to shake. I had one camera on a tripod, and then I had another camera in my hands as he's you know, taking the last steps on the, the last, like, 50-meter segment of the 1K. And I'm shaking, you know? <laughs> I'm sure Caleb's shaking, like... <laughs> hoping he's not gonna fall but it was a beautiful moment to be able to see his reaction as he sat down yeah yeah man having sent it and you you captured it so beautifully um just like you can see all of the energy that he had been holding back because he needed to be focused and present with the line and then to finally like have that cathartic release like i saw that in untethered with spencer seabrook like when he um yeah was like just, this shaking screaming yeah yeah it's in, like you can feel the energy it's just like it's infectious and so palpable it's um, wild and i know that feeling with freestyle big time you know when you I, there have been a couple moments in my freestyle career where i'll land a trick and just be so elated that i landed it that i can't help but scream um maybe the almighty flip is one of those and maybe there are a couple others i gotta think about it but yeah so i would love to just like tap into the inspiration behind this film like totally what kind of like what was the moment that you knew that this was going to be another film and there was like more of the story that you wanted to tell i pretty much knew right away when lines without limits was released that i was going to do another one it's kind of this this journey as a filmmaker is tough because you you put something out and then you always know you can do better because by the time you put something out you have learned so much and there's already a lot you can prove improve in the process along the way. So coming out, you know, we released Lines Without Limits in May 2020 and then I started filming Lines Between Us maybe in the fall 
So just gave myself a few months break to kind of chill and work on some other projects, do some shows, uh, apply to grad school, things like that. Um, but there were a few things that I really wanted to showcase in Lines Between Us that I didn't feel like really uh, I, I was able to do them justice in Lines Without Limits. And one of those was Eric Hake's segment, uh, which obviously got canceled because of coronavirus travel restrictions the previous year. So we really wanted to put some thought into how can we showcase Highline Trickline as a new discipline of slacklining um, in a beautiful way. And I think we, we did a nice job of it this year, as nice as we could have. And Max Ross came out to film some drone footage for that as well, and that turned out great. And then the other you know main theme that you can probably get from the title is I just wanted to show a little bit more of the community behind each of the disciplines rather than, you know, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of extreme, uh, athletic talents in the film and we do showcase, you know, the ability to take slacklining to its farthest athletic point. But I also wanted to show how supportive a community it, that slackline could be. And, uh, and then how the little pockets of community differed from discipline to discipline. Mm -hmm. So, I I string that message throughout the film, and that that's kind of the i the idea behind it. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's really well done, and you can you can see that there's different energies between the different styles of slacklining. Yet, like it's still just such loving, supportive energy. Mm -hmm. um, even if some of the dynamics are a little bit different, and I like how. So I, I feel like we probably talked about it on the last podcast, but. The scene that you wanted to put together with the community in Boulder and not having the opportunity to do yeah. that because of the coronavirus and how that's how Lines Without Limits was going to end. I like how you circled oh, back yeah, and brought yeah, it yeah. into this film. Yeah, that's funny. You bring, I didn't even remember that, you know, because Lines Without Limits, we wanted to end it with like this epic community park session with some drone shots and all sorts of lines rigged in the park where pros and amateurs alike kind of come together and... and uh, finish off the film that way but we ended up doing something different and so for this year's film i really wanted to have a segment in the park um but you have the question of like how do you make a segment in the park exciting and so we had to spice it up a little bit and we turned it into a surfing segment so it's i basically reached out to all of the best park liners and surfers that I knew that were within, you know, a few hours and had them all come to the park one Sunday and film this epic segment. And we had a Hawaiian shirt theme, you know, <laughs> so it made it playful just like the Slackline community is. But it was a great segment for showing that not only can you take slackline to ex the extreme levels of athletic ability but you can also have fun with it no matter what level you are and the park se segment showed that it showed you know mickey wilson and Haley purdom some of the best surfers in the game alongside some people who are just coming up and uh it's just a really cool fun energy in the middle of the film mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, you just touched on something that I feel has been one of my favorite aspects of the sport, especially as I was getting started, was the intermingling between beginners and like athletes of the highest level within the sport, especially when you go to like these different gatherings and you're able to yeah. just like see what folks at the highest level are doing and start to create the neural pathways within your mind of like, oh, that's possible. I had no idea that was possible. And then start to play around with it in your own practice. And I feel like that's how you progress really quickly. Yeah, it's good that you bring that up because we do try to tell that story too. In the big line segment, we follow Ryan Shute a little bit, who only started slacklining like I think less than two years ago at this point. But in his first year of slacklining, he sent 200 meters, a 200 meter high line. And so we wanted to show yeah, you can do this. You can go from zero to top level really fast. 
And so that, you know, following his story and letting him get a few quotes in there was kind of the, the way of, of showing that. Yeah. I feel like for folks that get into it and end up being committed kind of from the get go, it's not going to take as long to get as good as it did for us and maybe people that are just like a mm-hmm. little bit younger than us because the baseline is so much higher. Oh, I totally And we're agree. able to see what's possible. Um, whereas like even when I was starting like six years ago, no one was doing like 200 meter lines. Yeah. But if you're a beginner and you have access to like get on 200 meter lines, then you're going to get more comfortable in those pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like the sport is really picking up and like people that are just getting into it early or getting into it nowadays, it doesn't take as much effort as it did for us to get there. It's kind of frustrating, right? Because you're like, man, I put three whole years into learning almighty flip on a freestyle line and now people learn it in a week. <laughs> it kind of can be, you know, but also at the same time, I mean, like that's, but it's a byproduct of the work that you did, right? Exactly. Like somebody exactly. has to dedicate those three years to learning that one new trick. And then once other human beings see that it's possible, it doesn't take as long for them. But somebody has to pioneer first. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of like where our processes are, is like the opportunity right now to pioneer things that like 10, 20 years from now, people are going to be throwing so easily and it won't take them as long to get it down. Yeah, yeah. We may be forgotten in our ability levels as slackliners, but uh, it's cool to be able to make a contribution when we can. Totally. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of where you start to step in and realize that there's so much more than just like your athletic ability. Like there's probably going to be a, yeah. a small amount of athletes within this sport that are going to be remembered for a long time. Yet those that are able to tell the stories mm-hmm. will live on for longer. And those that are able to like really spread the sport and like allow the slack line to ripple out beyond just their one community. Um, I feel like that's where the longevity is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, stories can live a long time. Even if you, you know, say you tell a story about freestyle at a certain point in time, obviously those tricks are going to become old news at some point. I think I say that in the film, right? But you can always look back and appreciate that moment in time. Just like people right now go back and watch old Slackline films because it's fun to look back and see where everything was at the time and so you know the the tricks grow old but the stories never grow old Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no they're and that's part of the incentive to keep making films is they don't really have an expiration date it's just (laughs) they they lose some of their currency even if you go back and uh, man i I don't know if you guys are the same way but i I think maybe it's because i filmed lines without limits but when i go back and watch it it feels so old so ancient you know it's like a relic (laughs) no yeah i mean like i didn't film it yet i've gone back and seen it multiple times and it it's feeling less current especially with like what was being pushed at like freestyle highlining at that time yeah. and now seeing where it is it's like oh wow this is like it feels pretty outdated <laughs> but yeah maybe the freestyle segment is because that's the discipline people are pushing right now um that's kind of what dates the films yeah at, at least that aspect of it and that's the lens in which i'm a bit more keen to look through yeah i guess you, you're a freestyler yeah <laughs> so you know but I would say, uh, in terms of my own personal effort, I'm a, I'm an athlete in the freestyle film, just brief in the freestyle segment of the film, briefly. And you know, for those thirty seconds of clips that I got for the film, you know, the film's thirty four minutes long. I'm only featured in like thirty seconds of it, maybe a minute. Uh, it that was like the vast majority of my time. <laughs> To go learn those tricks and put in hours and hours freestyling weekend to weekend. And it's... Uh, Two sessions a week, then. <laughs> yeah. 100 days a year, that's the goal. 
but it's funny to think about how much effort we put into tricks that are just going to grow old. Yeah, but I mean, like, ultimately, you're not doing it for anything besides yourself, I would say. You know, like, you're not doing it because they're going to be outdated. You're doing it because, like, at this moment in time, this opportunity, you get to push the limits of something that hasn't been pushed as far as you feel you can take it. And, like, Ian's up there, too, and you all have this beautiful um, (laughs) competitive relationship that also just spawns so much creation. Yeah, I I just wrote a little note about it today on my instagram but he's way you know he's surpassed me for sure in freestyling which is great and i'm so grateful to be able to wake up on monday mornings see the newest trick that ian's posted you know the shrimp flip or the shrimp roll or whatever he calls it and then be able to go out and freestyle and try it knowing that it's possible because it's hard to be creative and think of tricks and it takes a lot of mental energy and time and and uh you know it's almost like now that ian's doing it i have to work a little less hard because i can just copy all these cool things that he's doing and have a blast doing it yeah it takes a lot of the pressure off of you Mm -hmm. and the pressure was only like self-imposed totally i mean there was a time where in I'm probably still in this mindset a little bit where I really wanted to be throwing the hardest freestyle tricks of the time. But it's, you know, lately in the past few weeks, it's been cool to kind of settle into the the idea that someone else is at the forefront and it's humbling to accept that. And, um, yeah, Ian's in the film. Which is great. You know, I, I don't think you can make a freestyle segment without having him in it right now. Especially, yeah, at this point. Yeah, sure. yeah, because he's just pushing the sport so hard. And he, he has a short bit, but they're like his staple tricks in the film, which was really important to me. It was like, Ian has to do an orbital and lies between us because that is kind of the state of freestyling at this point and and maybe that's a a little bit of a statement about the film as a whole is it's a window into what i perceive as the slackline scene at this point in time yeah like at the end of 2020 yeah to the beginning of 2021 what does freestyle look like what does trick line look like what does the big line scene look like uh what does high line trick line look like what does park lining look like those are kind of the questions that i tried to visually answer in the film yeah because like looking back on this film five years from now like it's going to be completely different Mm -hmm. yeah you if you're not already you're going to end up being so grateful that you created this window and this opportunity to appear at this moment in time in history yeah yeah it's crazy to think that i was there to watch the u.s record highline get sent that's just insane yeah i remember back in the day watching andy lewis when the video came out, I remember when the video came out, I think it was like 2010 or 2011 when he sent uh, the first 100 meter high line in the fruit bowl, 300 something feet. And it was basically a straight line, super tight. Tight backups, right? To tight back up. And I was like, no way, you know, never thought I would be a highliner or part of that. or And so it's cool to reflect on the fact that we're all doing these projects now. Yeah, man, it would be cool and like kind of heinous at some point to go back to the fruit bowl and rig that hundred meter line. That same style. (laughs) Yeah. I got a couple ideas. I got a couple ideas for like some old school type rigs just to play around on. Can you imagine if you got, all the new school guys sending big lines and put them on that line and see how that each of them did. They would have such a good <laughs> <point of> time. <laughs> I, I'm not sure many would be able to send it. No, I it, bet like like the dynamics are so different than what they're used to. Yeah, I bet like Lucas Armler because he's been around for long enough would probably still send it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think also, and I'm just going based off of my own experience, like. There's quite a few bigger guys that have to put a lot of tension on the, like a long line in the park. Otherwise they're going to bottom. 
And I feel like the type of tension that you need for a long line in the park like that is similar to what they would have for those types of high lines. So I could see. You never know, dude. With the double lines, there's so much weight in the system. That's a whole other question. I guess that's a different thing. But have you ever walked um, Kill Bill? Yeah, I've walked it as a kind of massive rodeo line. Okay. I've walked never on a high line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, never with a high line. But, well. Stuff's gnarly. I think maybe in the Actually, forest, rigging, actually. rigging Ventures just released another version of it. It's called Ill Bill. <laughs> it's like, I think it's Kill, is Kill Bill's polyester, right? I believe so. One of them's polyester and one of them's nylon. I someone will have to correct me. Eric Hake knows, but Ill Bill just got released, and I think it's a nylon version of Kill Bill, basically, where it's just thick with two C's and uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't fit in a weblock. But uh, if you're looking for a challenge, I guess that's what you want. Whoa. I could be up for it. But anyway, man, what was your what was your favorite part of the movie after watching it? I think um, the most like playful and fun part of the movie was the the park sessioning. Nice. Um, I I really loved just like the way you were able to cut the scenes and like the different athletes and just like the flow of it as well as the music behind. Um a lot of the shots it was just like so playful yeah it's kind of this upbeat Um, electronic song yeah yeah and some good energy and then like i i loved seeing the energy exchange between all of the different people within the community at various points within the film and i really feel like you did a great job capturing the character of a lot of these athletes without even like interviewing them. Yeah. But you can just, you can feel the personality and the energy shine through. Yeah. In thanks, so man. many of the shots. Yeah. I did. I mean, there are some great interviews in the film and I tried to get a word with the main characters of each segment. So Rebecca Whitney for the trick line segment was interviewed. Aaron Bray was kind of a main character for that segment interviewed him as well. But then there are some other trick liners, for example, in the trick line segment that are like Igor Zambelli is a formal, former world champ trick liner. And I didn't get an interview with him, but he has this energetic personality that you can just really see. And he's dancing around on the side of the trick line and making all these faces at the camera. And so you can kind of show his energy and tell a little bit about him without without him having to speak. Yeah. I think you can also see it within the style that he has on the line. Like yeah. He's throwing bangers. Oh my gosh. Every shot. He's got that, that classic in. Brazilian style. Dude. Oh my God. They get it, dude. They yeah. get it on the beach. <laughs> like so hard. I would love to learn trick lining in Brazil. Dude. He's such a talent. It's not that I didn't want to tell, you know, like have him speak on camera, you know, it's just that, this each segment has a limited amount of time um and you can make a full movie about each discipline of slacklining but the whole idea is to tie them all together it's the lines between us it's the whole scene and so you have to cut down each segment and choose which characters are going to be the speakers or like the the representatives for their discipline so yeah, it it turned out really well, you know, and it's fun to try to bring out someone's personality in a film, even someone who can be maybe a little bit uncomfortable on camera in an interview. Um, I think they have like a lot more charisma than they realize. And so to be able to like pick and choose the, you know, their best moments on camera to to showcase the message they were trying to convey in an interview is really fun. And so I love going through those interview clips of my friends and seeing what they had to say and, and collecting insights from everyone. I mean, that's a great part of the film process too, is I get to just ask people questions in this kind of unique format. It's like podcasting where 
you sit down with someone and you can pretty much ask them anything. You can ask questions that you wouldn't ask in a normal situation. You know, you could be like, what's your philosophy on how slacklining is intertwined with your professional life? You know, it's, it's not really like a casual question you would ask someone, but in the format of an interview or a podcast, everyone's just very open to whatever you ask them and uh, collecting different perspectives on the value that slacklining brings them from different athletes was, was great. Yeah, it's a really powerful thing. And I have full interviews. I usually interview each person for 30 or 40 minutes. So if anyone's interested in hearing the full interviews, they're, they're on my computer somewhere. Man, another thing just to play off of that last bit is like, in theory, if you wanted, you could put on the Trickline Collective YouTube channel, like its own section with the interviews that you have yeah. of the athletes that didn't make it into the film so that like there's still an option for people to see that but yeah it's a funny thing to be able to because interviewing is a little bit different than the podcasting in that sense because I'm you know as a film interviewer I'm trying to guide someone yeah a little bit to say what you know both what they're thinking but also what I want to tell in the film and so There's a lot of like the 30 minutes is not just conversation it's a little bit of like <laughs> coercion it depends who you're talking to totally. and then it's and then it just becomes like a really fun challenge of how do i convey what they were saying in 30 minutes down to 30 seconds basically and you have to choose the most meaningful chunks of dialogue and yeah, so one I, I'll give an example. So one person I think I did that really well for was Anna Lincoln. She's one of the slackliners in the Big Line segment. And, uh, yeah, basically the point, she was trying to get a couple points across was, one was that we have to overcome our egos a little bit as athletes in slacklining because there's this kind of driving force of selfishness that you want to be the best and... Uh, you want to be better than everyone else. And it is a individual pursuit slacklining and it's, it's easy to get competitive and compare yourself to others, but to be able to relinquish that a little bit and just enjoy being in the space with all these talented people around you can be really powerful. And so uh, I think I picked a piece of dialogue from Anna that was really short, but also conveyed that, that entire message and then the other thing she was trying to get across is that walking big lines is just so fun. And so she says in the film, she says something along the lines of, I just love walking big lines because you don't have to turn around. <laughs> you know, you can keep walking straight and you don't have to turn around. So uh, I just pulled a couple of those little chunks. And I think in her 30 seconds of dialogue, she really conveys some powerful messages about slacklining. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel you've been able to do a really good job with this film and the last film of just like offering a platform in which you can highlight these athletes that may not have the opportunity without it. And it's kind of similar to the podcast, right? Like we're, we're creating these things that allow people in our lives that are very creative, that have a lot of potential, that may not have the vehicle in which they can utilize their voice or show their talents um, the opportunity to do so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that you bring that up. You have athletes in the film who have all sorts of sizes of social media followings, right? I think this is the point you're getting at, right? Um, so Brianna Ye is an example of someone who has a million followers on TikTok and maybe, you know, a hundred thousand on Instagram. She is, you know, she's a powerful figure. She's influential in people's lives and she likes to portray herself as the face of fun. And she's really good at doing that. And slacklining is one of her mediums for showing that. And then you have, there are some insanely talented athletes in the film who have 
like less than a thousand followers on their Instagram page. Like someone like Davis Hermes. I'm sure by the time the film comes out, he'll be famous. But <laughs> but as of now, he doesn't really have a following. And so um, the film is kind of social media following agnostic where it doesn't matter what kind of internet following um, the athlete has. I was just interested in portraying people who are passionate about what they do and people who are the best at what they do and um, people who are making contribution to their community. Yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah, man, you crushed it. Yeah, I just, I feel this call at some point to create a really dope film around the contribution to community, like that being the main focus is like, what does this tool offer the community and what does it offer communities that so many people around those communities have disempowered that community? Totally. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I was talking about this with Marcus and Mark the other day, but it's important for us to think about how we can give back to our cycling communities that brought us up and that can be different things for different people that can be you making a film and trying to tell a story about cyclining or that can be uh you teaching people you know teaching someone directly hey this is how you cycling this is how you get into highlining and yeah everyone can kind of find their own path yeah that's a cool thing about this sport is that it's an open canvas and it's like up to you to figure out what story you want to tell, what you want to create with it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you've done a really good job of taking advantage of that and, and seeing all the potential space and like really putting yourself within it. Yeah. Thanks man. Uh, I appreciate you saying that it is important to tell stories along the way it's been obviously it's something i think about because i i put effort into filmmaking and storytelling but um if you keep pushing progress just for the sake of progress you never stop and think about why um it just becomes kind of lost in the shuffle and there is a story behind everything that happens you know behind every freestyle trick behind every line that's sent there's a story of how it happened. And so I encourage everyone and I'm doing the same to just like step back and ask yourself what's worth telling here and, and how can I tell it? And even small things, I think you'll find telling the story of your weekend trip to the fruit bowl is still so rad. Yeah. And, and I would like to zoom out beyond just slacklining and highlining. Like, if you go on a trip or like have a really powerful experience, like giving yourself the space to step back from that and integrate it and like really figure out what the lessons are from that experience and then, yeah, man. and then dial it in and just continue to incorporate that into the rest of your life as opposed to like having this really powerful experience and then going back to your day to day and it just becomes a memory and something that's just like, it's gone as quickly as it came. Yeah. It's easy to forget. I, I encourage people to write things down. I always have a notebook with me, whether it's for writing down ideas for new tricks, which is often what I'm doing or for just writing little reflections on what's been happening, what you've learned from it and, um, yeah, it's, it's helpful to get things on paper. Yeah. Yeah. And like if paper isn't your like vehicle or your, uh, your modality for that, like we all have voice memos on our phone. We can like record ourselves. Oh, this speaking. Is true. You can also like do a video journal if you want. You get a, you get a, a typewriter. <laughs> you can do that too. You can just page yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> just watch this some people who's, who are listening will know what i'm talking about but i just watched this old vine of uh, a woman like <laughs> with her first personal computer she's like typing she's used to typing on a typewriter right where you have to like reset the thing at the top so she like types a sentence and smacks the whole computer off her desk <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's not quite what you're expecting. Sorry, that was not highlighting. <laughs> no, it's okay, man. Um, you know, as, as much as I love highlighting and like this is a very like highline, slackline centered podcast, it's not the only thing that I want to be able to talk about on this podcast. I don't know. This is like, yeah, I'm aware. We're kind of like stepping away from speaking about the film with this, but since it came up, like I want to have the opportunity to be able to talk about like breath work and different healing modalities and psychedelics and just like have all of these thought leaders and people that are like pioneers within their own spaces, just as we have pioneers in the slack line and highline space coming on the podcast um, to just show like the different ways that you can master yourself. Yeah, that's a great that's a great uh, perspective. I, I appreciate your approach. Yeah, thanks. It, yeah, there's, it excites me. We can get stuck in the bubble of slacklining for sure. So it's great to step outside and get some perspectives from non-slackliners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. E- even moving to Austin uh, opened my mind a little bit to the bubble I was in before of just hanging out with freestyle highliners. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and that's that's the thing. If I want to really recommend anything to um those that are listening like get out of your normal environment and expand your social circle and just be around people that you wouldn't normally be around because it's going to offer you so many new ways in which you get to see yourself yeah that's a great point i think about the film lines between us and all the filmmaking you know happened at these exceptional times when everyone was getting outside of their comfort zone and getting outside of their element and uh you know that's when stories are made not when you're sitting in your in your living room watching netflix (laughs) and not not to say that's wrong you know i i'm guilty of like sitting in my cave for five days a week and working on videos and trying to do grad school but just knowing how you're gonna push yourself outside of the outside of the box a little bit is is good. Yeah, having a vision for where you're going. Yeah, I, I feel that some of our best stories come from the moments where we really tested ourselves. Yeah, and we got to find out what we were made of and what our limitations actually were. Yeah, it's where you reach that boundary. You think about Caleb um, sending the one k. He's he's clearly getting close to his limit. You know, of anxiety of nerves of um you know emotion so yet yeah. also at the same time it wasn't anything that he couldn't handle you yeah know? like it was it was that threshold yeah he could stand yeah yeah yeah. It. yeah um and, and it's I, like he knew he could do it he just hadn't done it yet yeah man i feel that way about a few things beyond slack like have you heard of temescal <laughs> no all right, so Temescal is like a sweat lodge ceremony. Um, and I was talking to my buddy Max about it today. Um, and, and I think it comes from like the Mayans and like some of the Lakota people. Um, and if I butcher the origins, I apologize in advance. But anyways, like it's, it's one of the biggest rites of passage for like the Lakota people where like 13, 14 year olds will go into these like huts that they make for uh, sweat lodge. And then they end up having like four gates and during in between the gates, there's like music being played and like, you're just sweating so much. They put these like massive rocks into the middle of these huts and they're like they've been burning for like 12 18 hours like just scolding hot and this whole process is like four hours long so like you have one gate and like the gate opens up um the the door into the sweat lodge and like new new coals come on and then this process just continues to repeat until you end up closing the ceremony like three four hours later and it's just like so it's like a mega long sauna except it's like sauna on steroids like to that next degree um you know like there's levels to yeah to everything yeah just pushing yourself to your limit so so that seems like something that hashtag lines without yeah hashtag lines between us (laughs) (laughs) um anyways a little tangent 
in regards to I haven't done that. I know I'm capable of doing it, but like until I do it, I'm like, hmm, it sounds fucking tough. And I know it's going <laughs> to yeah. be tough, but I mean, people have done it before, so I can do it as well. Yeah, there's a lot of mental power with just being confident that you can do something. When I'm battling for a new freestyle trick, uh, there's definitely a difference between if I know I can do it versus if I question whether I can do it. And if I know I can do it, it might take hours, but it happens. And if I start to question it and doubt it, then it goes down the drain. (laughs) I get frustrated and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And what a beautiful metaphor for life, right? Like just another reflection that when you get in your head, you're not going to be able to do the thing that you want to do. Yet when you just like surrender to the process, that's where the magic happens. That surrender is fucking difficult, though. We're not taught to surrender. That's some wisdom from Kim Nelson. (laughs) Put that on an inspirational quote poster. Yeah, we'll hit it. (laughs) Um, So where... I hope people think I'm funny, man, in my filmmaking. I try to, like, crack some jokes in this one. Um, There are some slides that Kara Urban designed that are really cool, and they have these kind of chalkboard-esque definitions of what different types of slacklining are. So like freestyle highlining has a definition and tricklining has a definition. And then there's a secondary definition that's like comedy that me and Marcus Nelson tried to write together. So we tried to write some jokes about each each discipline of slacklining. So I don't know. I hope people laugh at them. Maybe they'll just think I'm not funny. No, I think you'll get some laughter. For sure. I mean, like, dude, I saw them and I was bursting up. So, like. <laughs> some of them are better than others, but it's a it's like a funny little Easter egg, you know, that I dropped in the film. There's some there's some like little laughter moments in there. There is some. It is like at the end of it, it's more of a serious, emotional kind of message that I leave you with at the end of the film but and then there's credits which are hilarious but there are uh, there are like some lighter moments and some heavier moments and I tried to keep the the film in order so the the you know the the emotional magnitude of those moments made sense right you start like pretty light and you kind of build up to like the more intense more intense and then end with this like emotional statement yeah yeah man you can feel it i feel like it flows really well um from start to finish and all in all just it feels good to watch and see where the sport is right now um so i'm wondering like we'll we'll have to do a podcast in like 10 years Dude, we're going to be doing back. <laughs> We're going to be doing podcasts for the rest of our lives. <laughs> we'll do one in 10 years though. 10 years from today, we'll do one and like look back on what the hell we were doing. What's today? The 19th. 19th of April 2021. Yeah. I'll see you in 2031. Dude, yeah. Heck yeah. That's going to be great, man. So, we're going to be like 36 at that time. Yeah. That's right. We're the same age. Yeah. So I know I'm going to be highlining at 36. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even, I'm just like casually freestyle highlining, you know, until I'm 31 and then I'm really going to take it seriously. I'm being sarcastic for those of you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take it seriously until 33. (laughs) Um, Ian's 31, so that's what we're joking about. But, I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. It's like Ian is pushing the limits so hard right now, and he's out of his 20s. So it just, like, it goes to show what we previously thought was possible Yeah, is, like, we're not even scratching the surface. Totally, totally. It's exciting. Yeah, I hope uh, at least the impact of, you know, one of my favorite things about Lines Without Limits is that people will come up to me in the park that I've never met before, or come up to the park, or come up to me at High Lines and say, dude, you made Lines Without Limits. Like, thanks so much. That was a, an epic inspiration. The Lines Between Us sticks with people and kind of acts as a, as a reminder of 
how far you can push slacklining, but also what matters at the end of the day is the people you're you're spending time with along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like none of us would go as far within this if we were just doing it by ourselves. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, it takes a community. You couldn't. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, like even think about your freestyling. Like your freestyling would not be as good if it wasn't for Ian pushing it, and Ian wouldn't be able to push it if it wasn't for everyone else that came before him. Yeah. They all, they're all building blocks and people standing on each other's shoulders. That's it, 100%. It's funny. You, you can trace it back a little bit. You know, like Ian was maybe inspired by me. I was inspired by, like, Sam Volery. And Sam was inspired by uh, uh, the other people before him. I don't even know who was <laughs> who was doing stuff before Sam probably not many but i'm sure kind of like where you and ian are with like bouncing stuff off of each other sam was probably bouncing stuff off each other or off of a few people um yeah i mean i know he was the first one to do a yoda roll but someone else was trying it before he was so it always takes a little bit of push a little bit of perspective yeah and i know zach came up with a bunch of stuff too Totally, totally. Um, There's all sorts of guys, man. Anthony Belay was a big inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And that's I'm, another film idea: is to go back and trace these lines of how everything got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing so not specifically with just slacklining, but I was doing that with the podcast that's going to release next week. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, man. with the evolution That'll be a good listen. of uh, like tightrope walking into high wire walking into like what followed that was slack chains and then eventually slack lining and now high lining and it's just it's really cool to see how far this that's sick just like balancing balancing on something yeah that will move yeah. underneath you that you walk on it's like has this, been around. It's like this hidden skill we have, you know, proprioception that we don't, maybe people don't use too much day to day besides walking around. Yeah. And I think it's a like lot a of, hidden superpower. That's the thing, man. Like it totally feels like a hidden superpower, especially for those that are like disciplined and committed into the craft. Like you yep. don't even have to be at the highest level, but just being able to walk a slack line in the park to completion, especially when there's like uphill segments and downhill segments, like the way that allows you to move maneuver around the rest of the world and how your body will catch you in moments where you're off balance yeah, is insane. I used to roll my ankles all the time when I would go on hikes and now they're like as thick as tree trunks and like they don't roll ever. And when I was like um, in Costa Rica on this hike, and I'm just going to say it. I was, I had just drank like two cups of Wachuma. So like this really strong cactus medicine within me, Yeah. like when I felt off balance and I would slip a little bit, my body would always catch me. And I just kept coming back to this mantra of like, I trust my body. My body trusts me. I trust my body. My body. Trusts That's what me. you learned from slacklining. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, just the foundations and the stabilization that it allows you to have within your body and how that translates to the rest of your life is Dude, I think you're I think that's so true. Really. But sometimes I feel a, a bit the opposite. Like when I'm slacklining, I'm so focused. And then when I'm not, I just like stumble around my apartment, and like hit my head on the wall or some <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> Like, what am I doing? <laughs> when I'm slacklining, I'm so honed in and, like, don't make mistakes. And then when I'm not, I'm like, all right, I can relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's that's a really cool point that you bring up because we're going to make mistakes along, along the way. And we're going to, like, maybe wreck our bodies. You're going to hit your head on the cabinet corner. Dude, <laughs> and that's a real thing. So, like, in those moments, do you give yourself grace and be like, oh, well, that's a mistake. It's okay. They happen. Or you're like, oh, whoa, it's me. You're a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> what do you think you're doing? You can slackline, but you can't even just, like, walk around the house and feel comfortable. Yeah, ideally you, know? you, you give gotta, yourself that grace. Yeah, right? you should treat yourself kindly. I've been through my fair share of injuries, especially with trick lining. You know, I had a shoulder surgery and a foot surgery and... Um, 
couple others. Did you have anything with the knees? Mm, my knees have always been pretty okay. I I had knee pain for a minute there from freestyle, but uh, I was like really quick to be attentive to it, and now it's fine. And so, if you're a freestyler, I would recommend always standing up in exposure, like from sofa, because it's like the the easiest on your knees because you can put all the pressure in your shoulders as you stand up. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do all the time now. But yeah, getting injured provides some some good perspective. Big time. You kind of have to forgive yourself and um, realize if you're pushing yourself outside of your your boundaries too much and what you can do in the future to prevent it. But um, so far in freestyle, I've been pretty lucky to be to be healthy and overall I think it's a sport with lower risk especially lower than trick lining yeah especially of serious injury too yeah I think you can fuck up your fingers Cam you've got some pink tape on your fingers yeah Yeah, I feel like the leash is like one of the most dangerous things yeah it's scary it's scary for sure so I think one of my final questions is in regards to what you said earlier, how after you finished lines without limits, like you kind of already knew that lines between limits was going to be a thing. Lines between limits. Yeah. Lines between us. Out May 3rd. Oh, <laughs> lines between us. That's right. Sorry. My bad. Um, Bro, I should have named it something different. I knew it. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. with the lines theme? Yeah. Well, at least for these first two films. Lines so, without lemons. Do you have any... <laughs> <laughs> Man, what's your idea for the third film? Where do you, or not even just the third film, but like kind of where do you see your evolution going? Yeah, great question. My mind's always jumping to the next project. And I don't know that that's going to be a, another full length Slackland film. I love this format of, you know, make a segment for every discipline and tie it together with an intro and an outro and put some banger music to it. But I think there's room for exploration in a different format, too. Uh, I would like to pursue a freestyle-specific film. And we'll see if that happens this year. But if I was able to travel with Ian and tell the story behind some of these tricks that are happening and the progression that's happening, it could be really cool. So that would be a goal, where you flesh out some of the story a little bit more like the freestyle segment in lines between us is sick it's five minutes long and there are a couple interviews in it but it's a lot of just tricks and music but if you could really flesh out the ideas behind where these trick ideas are coming from how much practice does it take how does the community interact with each other where is this competitive energy coming from i think that could make a really interesting film so no promises on the third film being exactly the same, but I can promise uh, lots of more great Slackline content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Cool. And I, I don't know, I like, I love hearing from people who have watched the films and hearing their ideas too. You know, if, if there's a piece that you really liked or that you didn't like, send me a message. Send me a message on Trickline Collective or at Justin Rager's. And tell me what you want to see more of. Uh, tell me what you want to see less of. Probably, probably uh, less, I don't know, what's what's unpopular. Hmm. <laughs> Highline trick line. There's only two people in the world who do it. No, that... <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, that mindset is unpopular. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I'm, I'm definitely open to feedback. Yeah. So, uh, when does the film Dang. come out? Yeah, it comes out May 3rd. And I have to double check what day of the week that is. I think it's a Monday. I think I intentionally... It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. I think I intentionally chose it to be a Monday. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it to be out there. It's going to be out there for free on YouTube. Same thing on the Trickline Collective channel. So, be ready for it and... Man, be ready to put it on repeat because you're gonna love it, dude. For real, I know there's a lot of people that put it on repeat or uh, lines without limits on repeat. 
I, this one's going to be the same. Yeah, I'd love to see some people on the premiere page. I'm going to make it live. By the time this podcast comes out, I'll have the premiere page live on YouTube. And just be on there when the film comes out and you know drop some comments as as you watch the segments and so i'm gonna release this on wednesday yeah perfect i'm gonna put it up tonight heck yeah (laughs) (laughs) well man it's it's always a (laughs) it's always a pleasure dropping in with cam's drunk on cactus juice um dude okay (laughs) okay little side tangent when I was in that experience, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this with Justin one day. Never, <laughs> never, never. <laughs> Completely unscripted. Um, I don't mess with the substances. <laughs> these are plants, man. They're <laughs> intelligent, sacred, Don't you try to tell me that. Plants. Um, that's, but that's I, either way, man, thank you so much for oh man, thanks for having riffing me. with me on the microphone. It's it's been a pleasure connecting with you here in Austin and having many conversations like this, even without the microphone. You're a brother, man. I look forward to continue Likewise. to grow with you, to get old, to highline <laughs> our fucking like 150s oh, together. Man, we're gonna be like, crushing it, dude. Yeah. It's life is good it's it's incredible man um and yeah i just have so much love for you so thank you yeah love you too man thanks for watching the film with me and eating that pasta and uh yeah lines between us lines between us watch you move between us let's get it love you bro peace thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast um Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode with Justin and I. Just a reminder, the movie premieres May 3rd at 8.30 p.m. It is an incredible film, incredibly inspirational, and filled with so much stoke. I love the way that Justin is able to tell the story of the different disciplines of slacklining and the different athletes that are attracted to each discipline. If you want to support the podcast... Go ahead and leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Send it to someone that you feel will find value from this episode and will connect with this podcast. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You could have chosen another podcast. You could have listened to music. You could have called someone, yet you decided to tune in and listen to this episode because it was important to you. So I don't take that lightly. Thank you so much. I love you. Have an incredible day. And next week, I have a really special podcast coming your way. Much love. Peace.